For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Don't forget to vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards from the link in our bio. This is Coop Cassis for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. It is how proud, how proud of responsibility. Quite proud. Everlast, big brand as well. I wasn't really just reflecting on Everlast. It was just more about when you say how proudly sponsored you are. Just wondered how proudly sponsored you were. I'd say like immensely proud. That's nice. Shout out to all the amazing sponsors at IFL. Just wanted to let you know, Coogan is immensely proud of you all. I don't know where you to start. I might get you a renewal. May do. Um, well, let's start about last night, really. Last night? It was like deadline day oh, yeah. for boxing, wasn't it? Oh, he's will he sign or won't he sign? You lot make me laugh. Do you honestly think that Dillian White is not going to fight Tyson Fury? Like, or sign to fight him? I mean, like... What else are you going to do? And I saw this, see the sun, Wally Downs. Oh, Hearn. You send it to me. Someone said it. Um, Hearn is trying to lure Dillian White out of the fight and on the zone. Absolute bollocks. Where did that story come from? I have no idea. It was just, it was on the sun. Oh, I actually got someone, one of our guys, to message Wally Downs and say, what the, f-? I, I think even, I don't even think Wally was responding for it. But it's like, there's never been one conversation about another fight since this purse bid. This is it. And this fight was ordered. This is it. And, you know, the, the reason for the delay is the contracts that were being sent. So eventually they got to a place where Dillian's lawyer was obviously, there's still some issues that are being dissolved, but Dillian White resolved. Dillian, Dillian White has signed his end. So all good. Yeah, so... Just to go back to the story, which you obviously have dismissed before I even asked about it, it involved like a fight with Chisora and AJ and total, total and utter bollocks. Total bollocks. Never been one conversation about a fight with AJ. Never been one conversation about a fight with Dillian, uh, Derek Chisora. Just Tyson Fury against Dillian White. Just because Dillian's fucking with and just winding them all up and not coming out and screaming and shouting doesn't mean that, oh, he's, he's, he's hiding. He's not. He's working away in Portugal to win this fight. And that's where we're at. So there you go. During this 
period of time while this has been going on, and I did ask you this before, was anything ever, ever discussed about an alternative route for Dillian White from so your said, side? I mean, what, what part of that conversation did you not listen to? I mean... No, but what, not specifically I mean, are, you, are you that bored of talking to me that I've just gone on? Let's just, let's just go back two minutes. Absolute bollock. I mean, what part of that conversation? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? You clearly are not listening to what I'm saying. No, I'm asking you whether anything... I just said, okay. absolutely no, no way. No, not even, oh, yeah, oh, um, you've got a shot, shot at Tyson Fury with WPC title. Oh, why don't we just step, like, not take that and take a 10-rounder? Oh, yeah. Well, what planet do people live on? So, no, like I said, once a proper contract, not even a proper contract in the end, but a contract that ultimately he had to sign was presented, he got signed. But, you, you know, sometimes you don't... Dillian White's never the guy that's going to bow down to people and do as he's told for stuff that's not in his best interests. So he's got a good team of people working for him. And like I said, you know, he's going to do what Dillian White wants to do. And what Dillian White wants to do is keep himself safe in camp. No mishaps, no COVID, no nothing. And just see him on fight night. Keep him guessing. So you definitely didn't offer oh, anything. <laughs> Do you know what? It wouldn't even surprise me if you asked me that again. No. Okay. Because right. I was convinced you did, that's why. Were you really? Yeah, I was. I thought at some Are you point, serious? Yeah, I thought at some point you would have had a conversation with Dillian and said, look, if you, you could go this route. Like, I was convinced mm-hmm. that that's what you've done. That's why I asked. Hey, do you know how long he's waited for a shot at the WBC heavyweight title? What is it? 1,200 days. That's four years. What? You lot are mad. You lot are mad. Um, Sitting there in your Palm Angels. Can I get some good plugs from this, actually, Palm Angels? So, this um, thing yet to be resolved regarding UK tax? Yeah. I mean, Dillian lives in Portugal, so that's one of the issues. But the other one I saw, Chris McKenna, is the Tyson Fury... Is applying to box for the fight as a foreign boxer or something. I was in this, it was in the paper this morning, Chris McKenna. Um, so he has to apply. He doesn't have a British Boxing Board of Control license, doesn't want to apply for one. So he has to apply to fight as a foreign fighter, which is another process. I'm sure there won't be an issue, but um, he wants to do it that way. So that's. Uh, another issue but nothing nothing major um, by all accounts and I definitely didn't ask him to consider another route banter um, where Tyson Fury is obviously been putting out multiple videos yeah. um, in comparison to, to White's non-existent right. yeah. videos what, one of the things that Tyson did say in one of those videos is about being paid to come to a press mm-hmm. conference um, if a press conference is to occur in the next how many days, um, do you know if Dillian White will be attending that in the promotion? Dillian, I think what Tyson Fury is referring to is when you have a per-speed contract, there's certain promotional obligations that don't no longer exist 
under a normal deal that's reached. Okay. Now, Dillian White is a professional. He's not looking to try and be clever. and So, of course, he'll go to a press conference, but in the right manner, professionally. I mean, you know, sometimes, well, what, what did this purse bid, what was it, one at? 41 million. So, you know, Dillian White's not going to hop on a Ryanair plane and get COVID. No disrespect to Ryanair. I'm sure they're not, you know, not the only airline available. Um, for the biggest fight of his life. So treat him with respect. You know, sometimes you got people want to buy Rolls Royces, but they ain't got the money to put the petrol in. And let's just make sure Dillian White's treated with respect. It's not about him wanting extra money to do extra work. He doesn't have to do anything. It was a purse bid. All he has to do is keep himself safe and prepare to win the World Heavyweight title. So that's what he'll do. So we'll see you there. We... We, what? You said we will see you there. We? Okay, how involved are you? Only with Dillian. I mean, I think they've made it clear they don't want me involved at all with any promotion of the event, which is mad, because the only way it would be a success is with me involved. Um, when I say things like that, I'm sort of, it's a bit tongue cheek, but it's actually true. Um, and, but if they don't want me there, I'm not going to just turn up and start like getting stopped from going into rooms and stuff like that. We talk to Dillian's guys virtually every other day. I'm here to support Dillian. I've had his back for a long time. He's had my back. I want him to win badly. And any help I can give him to support him in his challenge for the World Heavyweight title, I'll be there. So there's no real self-benefit for you to attend or be... Well, I'm not getting paid. No, you're not being paid. So you'd be solely just to be alongside Dillian. Dillian White, as I said... I have a huge amount of respect for him. I've promoted virtually his whole career, um, ups and downs. I've been for him through good times, bad times, supported him all the way. He supported us all the way. We've got a number of fighters with him. It's not, you know, it's just, I'm here for him. And I'll be involved however way they want me involved. They lean on me for advice and info all the time. And it's not... (laughs) That's just something that I do because I respect him and we've got that kind of relationship and I'm loyal and he's loyal and that's just like, but it's not, oh, I must be up there and I must, they won't want me up there. You know? Why? Because I just can't handle it. They just, it just, it's like, it's just, that's just what exists in boxing. I see it you now when Canelo boxed Plum, same thing. I, I had security following me around, blocking me from getting certain places. It was unbelievable. This, this is some, it's just something I must do to people. I'm, and I don't know why, because you know, I'm a lovely fella. But it's just, I would be looking and thinking, Jesus, get home up here because they can go off at each other and it's going to drive the guys. But, you know, there's already been those conversations. No, no, you know, he can't be involved, he can't be involved. And it, it's, it's irrelevant. I don't want to... This is the same thing with Carl Brook last week. Oh, someone tweeted me. You're a disgrace for not pushing that show. Huh. I don't have even fire in the fire. I'm not promoting the show. It's not on my platform. We've got a lot on at the moment. What do you want me to do? Start promoting a show. So you can't, you can't win. And I'm not here to promote a show that I have no... Uh, 
no involvement in, no benefit in, and certainly no invitation. So I will back Dillian White one million percent to win that fight. And in any way I can support him, help him, I'll be there. And I've helped him and I've advised him and his team and helped them this whole process. And it's not a case of, oh, as you know, oh, he's getting a cut. I don't care. We've been through, you know, we've made money with Dillian White. We've lost money with Dillian White. We've had a load of flat with Dillian White. We've had some great times with Dillian White. It's just their relationship. So I'm here. I'm a, I'm a long-term player. I'm a loyal guy. And uh, the touted date for this 23rd of April. Apparently it will be. Yeah, and that's the reports and mm-hmm. that's what we assume to happen. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Let's flash back. Mm. Why did you um, put out there that you wasn't going to watch Carnbrook? You said that. I know. Did I say that? I don't... I mean, you I'm say sure. a lot, to be fair. Mate, be... <clears throat> when you do about 30 interviews a day, unfortunately, you do say a lot. I didn't, I don't, I mean, someone will probably play a clip now. I don't recall saying, I won't watch, I won't watch Brooke Conn. Um I did watch Brooke Conn, Um And I enjoyed it, quite honestly. I mean, it was, I have mixed feelings because. And people say, oh, you're so gutted you weren't promoting the show. Of course I would have liked to promote the fight. I tried to make that fight in their prime for six years and I couldn't make the fight because one person didn't want the fight. And it's impossible to make a fight if that's the case. Um, I also thought, I mean, although it was one-sided, it was still exciting. But how good that fight would have been when they were in their primes. That was another thought I had. The other thought I had was I was so pleased for Kel Brook. Um, he FaceTimed me on Sunday and I could just see the joy. You know, he was happy and I like seeing people happy. And I spent a lot of time with Kel Brook where he wasn't happy. And I'm really pleased that he got that night, you know, and he got that win, he got paid. And and um, my other thought was, is we should all, pay tremendous respect to the bravery of Amir Khan, quite frankly, because he he was, like, shot's a tough word to use for this. I feel like it's disrespectful. I don't mean disrespectful, but he was completely finished going into that fight. Yet he did not stop trying to win didn't stop trying to win the whole fight. And he knew he was shot. He knew he had no chance. And the one thing he's always done in his career, I know he's been knocked out. I know, I know sometimes people criticise his chin, but he's got a big set of balls and a big heart. And he was always trying to win that fight. And I said to Carol, you look really nervous when you walked through it. And he said, oh, I was, you know, it was a big fight for me. I said, but Amir looked five times more nervous because Amir knew that he had nothing left in the tank. But even though he knew, he never stopped trying. And he took some big right hands in. I mean, he was wobbled from the jail. You could see his resistance is gone. But then he took some good right hands and it was a beat down from Kel. And I said to Kel, you look great. Kel's trained hard for seven months and all the things that were lacking earlier in his career, you see how good and how strong he can look. And he's always been... You know, it will always haunt me a little bit that 
we weren't able to get the best out of Kelbrook. Because when he beat, beat Sean Porter, I really believe that kid was the best worldweight in the world. And when he's firing, um, you could see the confidence coming back because he knew after that first round, Nami was, was done. Big, strong worldweight. And, and now people are calling on Kelbrook to retire. I don't actually agree. Yeah, he could walk away. And it's a nice way to walk away, but it's hard to walk away when you've had a, you know, you feel good and you look good and, and you've got some interesting options on the table. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Quite a few people on the night made those comments that both fighters should retire. Now, obviously, the strong case for Amir having lost the fight, but with Kel, can you see that situation happening where he kind of walks away off a high like that? It's just about money. You know, he, he made the comment and he's, he's bang on. He's a prize fighter now. He's not fighting for titles. He's not fighting for legacy. He's fighting for money. There's nothing wrong with it. But it becomes a little bit more dangerous when you're fighting like that. Does that make sense? Like when the desire's not really there, but you just want to get paid. And he's made a lot of money now through his career with us, through the Crawford fight, through the Calm fight. Um, and he doesn't need the money now, quite frankly. But he's not going to turn down a few more million to fight. And, you know, we talked a little bit about fights and, of course, fight I want him to be in is Conor Ben. You know, I think it's a brilliant fight. It's a crossroads fight of a guy who's been a, a you know great fighter for British boxing, a world champion in Kell Brook, still a very dangerous welterweight. And in my opinion, the rising star of the worldweight division in Conor Ben. Um, and, and obviously, Conor's got to take care of business in April, but I would love to see that fight. Yeah, the three fighters that have been kind of mentioned in the aftermath of the weekend, one kind of been just mentioned, another one was Chris Eubank. They had a little bit of a back and forth. Who's the third one? Uh, Liam Smith. Oh, okay. What, I mean, what do you think about those fights for Kel? I think they're all interesting fights. I don't see, when you've got a welterweight contender for a lot of money, I don't see why you'd fight Chris Eubank over Conor Ben. You know, they're both similar in terms of profile and stature, but Conor Ben is your weight, you know, moving up to 160. He's done it before to fight Golovkin, very different scenario. You know, wasn't overly dedicated at the time, was struggling to make 47, couldn't make the unifications and stepped up. Here he's got a ready-made big fight at 147 or 149. Um, Liam Smith another good fight Liam's a brilliant fighter and he's fighting Jesse Vargas on April 30 very tough fight but I think Kel's got some good options there you know and um, we'll have a chat and see whether the Conor Ben fight could get made I mean I, I think we'd have a huge offer for that fight to be honest with you I think it's a brilliant fight and it's a dangerous fight for both of them but what a thrilling fight be an absolute fire fight but just want Connor to stay focused at the moment on this next fight because you know there's so much talk on Connor v Eubank and Connor v um, Kel. I said to Connor on Sunday, just stay focused, mate, on this next fight because it's going to be a tough fight for you. And he is he's, he's laser focused. So, um, but exciting times. So many great opportunities and options for for Connor Ben. How likely would you say that you will work with Kel Brook in his next fight? 
I don't know. I mean, um, I, I felt a bit disheartened that they chose not to have me involved in the Crawford fight because we went through a lot as a team. And I took Kel from Love More and Do at the Hillsborough Leisure Centre, where he really weren't selling any tickets to selling that place out to fighting Matthew Hatton, uh, War of the Roses, War of the Roses, to fighting Final Eliminators, to going um, to beating Sean Porter. Then the whole setback with with the injury and the stabbing, and you know, a lot of times where he he wasn't disciplined, and he knows that, and. But we're always a team. And I text him after the fight, just said, well done, mate. I'm proud of you, or pleased for you, or whatever. And then on Sunday, um, I looked at my phone and I had a missed FaceTime from Kelbrook at, like, it was, you know, an email address. And I thought, is this a wind up or something? I mean, I'm, I saw Kel here, but only, you know, it's always a little bit frosty because it's not really Kel, it's people around him that give him advice to do certain things. And uh, I called it back and obviously he answered it. And we had a really good chat and he sort of, I was, I was genuinely happy for him, but I can't lie to you when you give someone a lot of loyalty and a lot of time, sometimes you feel like that's not reciprocated. And in boxing, that does happen a lot because ultimately you make moves for money. And he made a move there against Crawford where people didn't want me involved and he chose to take that move without me involved. It's no problem. I don't, you know, it's not, we're not going to start arguing about it. And then the calm fight, obviously we had talks, but so it was nice. And it was nice to see him so happy because he was buzzing, you know, and he said some nice things. And um, I've always had a great relationship with Terry, his dad, who for years people told me, oh, I'm not sure about this Terry. And I've always, he's always been 100% straight up with me. Um, and, you know, his, his mum's a, a lovely lady as well. And, and I, you know, I have a lot of time for the family. So it doesn't, whether we work together or not, it was just nice. It was just nice to have the call, to be honest with you. And it was nice to see him win that fight because we tried to make that fight. <coughs> fucking hell. The problem, probably not a million miles away from for 10 years. And we could never make the fight because Amir never wanted to make the fight. And when Amir wanted to make the fight, the fight got made like that. And yeah, all right, it got made at the wrong time, etc. But it was still, you know, it was it was a fun fight. Kel got paid, Amir got paid, so they got it done in the end. Um, but yeah, will I ever work with Kelbrook again? I would work with Kelbrook tomorrow. But I'm sure he'd have lots of options, lots of potential. But I will be making a major play for Conor Ben against Kelbrook and I'll be I'll be going to town then. so I'm sure we'll have those conversations when the time's right Was it the first time you'd been in a situation like Saturday sitting there at home with your cup of tea probably with your yeah hobnob maybe I don't know what you I doing. never I never once like honestly I never once was sitting there going oh I wish like would I like to promote Brooke Khan of course but I wasn't I wasn't watching the show thinking I mean if you want me to be honest, and some might, you know, the problem is with being honest with you is that some people say, oh, he's bitter, he's this. 
If I did an undercard like that, I would be absolutely strung up. For years and years, I was spending so much money on undercards for pay-per-views because I listened too much, really, to, to the fight fans. So I watched so many undercards and it was awful. But the main event was great. It was exciting. It was, you know, all the things. And it's sometimes good to sit back and watch because I was a, a pay-per-view customer on Saturday night, you know? And it just shows me as well that people forget very quickly about the night and the undercard if the main event is exciting, which it was. So I sat there, not with a cup of tea, but with a bit of, bit of grub and, and watched the fight. And yeah, I was, I was pleased for Kel. When you see the faces, same faces, you know, Terry, his mum, you know, Dom, Greg Marriott. You know, these are people that have been involved for a long time. And it's been like that with Kelbrook. Trust me. We had loads of them. And those people have experienced all of that. So I was just pleased that he got he got the victory. And I was pleased to see him smiling. And I was and I was also felt like very uh, so proud's the wrong word, but of Amir. Because he, he knew, and I said in the build-up to this fight, I've watched him in training. He's not, he's not the same fighter. He's, he hasn't boxed for three years, but he knew that, and he didn't stop trying. He never looked for a way out in that fight. You know? So I think he deserves a, a load of respect as well. Just coming back to your comments regarding the undercard, um, isn't the case, though, and it has been for years, that there's two types of pay-per-view in this country. One with that kind of standalone main event, you know, like a Joshua Usyk, for example, Brook Khan, and then there's the pay-per-view cards, which you kind of built over no, but the years. Every, but every... But even. the emphasis on the undercard, and no disrespect to anyone on the card, shout out to Natasha Jones becoming world champion. Yeah, that, no, that was a good win. But the emphasis on the undercard is lesser when the main no, event... Not for me. ...is so big. Not, not when I'm doing it. <laughs> so, it's okay... So I'll ask you the question. If I'd done that undercard, what do you think the response would have been? Come on. I mean, it's not, you got to be real or... Yeah, I know, but then we have to kind of then go through your kind of... Okay, go through. I mean, you know, but listen, I'm just, I'm giving, you asked me what was happening, what did I think while I was sitting there with my cup of tea. I'm just telling you as a pay-per-view customer. Am I not allowed to do that? You're, uh, as okay. a customer, you're in your exactly. opinion. So my opinion was, was that. I thought the main event was very exciting. Was, I never turned it off and went, oh, I can't believe I paid 20 quid for that. But just saying, a little bit of parity, please. I did a lot of these pay-per-view cards. And fuck me, even when I put on a good undercard, I got rinsed. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, how's the ocean roof? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fixing, uh, I was just watching the footage of the roof coming off the O2 thinking, Jesus, and uh, it's all going to be fixed by Friday apparently. So, Sunday, we're all good. Sunday night, world championship boxing at the O2, we'll be going ahead. Okay, because yeah, so uh, it was a concern, I suppose, when it happened, but the time scale was enough time to to make that work. I suppose I'm assuming if it was any kind of short time, that would have been in serious. Yeah, well, there was a lot of shows this week that had to get cancelled at the O2, so we're thankful to go to go ahead. Sunday night boxing, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the interaction and the numbers. 
I've thought for a long time that it's, you know, I know that it's not necessarily one for that's going to drive a live gate, although we should have near to 6,000 in there in a night, which I think is great. Um, but I think for me, again, going back to being the customer, I'm a fight fan. And on Sundays, I have my roast dinner, watch a bit of football, and then sort of kick around wondering what I'm going to do. And I think that fight fans will do the same. And I think there's a chance for them to watch a really good card on Saturday. I think the main event... Sunday. Sunday. Well done. The main event is a cracking fight. You know, Sislak is better than a lot of the world champions that exist right now. He's an elite cruiserweight. This is by far the toughest fight of Lawrence Cody's career. I know people talk about... Um, McCarlu and Bradis. Bradis actually is on a punditry team on Sunday. Should be fun coming in. Um, but this that is interesting. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. But this is this is a really tough fight for Lawrence. A really tough fight, and I know the Polish teams. He's spilt and given it a big one on social yesterday. They really, really believe that Cislak will beat the Polish. It's a proper cruiserweight fight. A real elite cruiserweight matchup. Do you want to kind of give me the highlights? Of the rest yeah, of I mean, look, Galalia Fire, Olympic gold medal hero, making his pro debut. And how good is it to see an Olympian like Galalia Fire just doing what they should do, which is going out and fighting at a high level? Because what's the point in giving Galalia Fire six, six rounders and four eight rounders? The kid is good enough to go on probably now and fight for a world title. He's fighting Bautista, never been stopped, tough kid from Mexico for the WBC international title. It's, it's a great story to see Galau do that. This kid is an exceptional talent, and you'll see that on Sunday night. Really good fight, Gurphy against Jordan Gill for the European title. Absolute must win for Jordan Gill. Very, very tough fight. Fowler's got a really tough fight. Coming up to middleweight, there's going to be a lot of Polish there on Sunday, and he's got a very, very tough Polish middleweight He's fine. It's a very tough fight. Um, Chev Clark, another Olympian, making his pro debut in the cruiserweight division. Fabio Wardley returning after a, a long break with injury. Um, Campbell Hatton's got a tough fight against Joe Ducker. Uh, John Hedges back in action. And Dempsey McKean will kick it all off on Before the Bell. I think we're going to start Before the Bell around 3 p.m. I think the broadcast starts at 5 um, with the main event around 9 p.m. So slightly earlier than a Saturday night, but a really good card leading into massive week next week in San Diego with Chocolatito against uh, Martinez. Brilliant fight. Then the week after, I cannot wait for Lee Wood against Michael Conlon. Um, virtually sold out in Nottingham now. It's going to be a massive fight. Week after in LA, Ortiz against Mickinson. The week after, over 9,500 already gone for Warrington Martinez in Leeds. So big, big run of fights coming up. Okay, um, just going back to Conor Ben. We're assuming 16th of April is the date proposed for Conor Ben. He mentioned the other day the potential of Manchester. Is that in the running? Yeah, we're just finalising the arena that we saw with Conor Ben going to Liverpool doing, what, 7,000 up there. Kids a big draw. And, you know, right now everyone's talking about Conor Ben, Eubank, Conor Ben, Kelbrook. The kid is one of the biggest names in British boxing. So we want to take him all over the country. Uh, we'll announce his fight on Sunday on air. A big card as well, April the 16th. Um, that will sit, obviously, March 26th with uh, Warrington Martinez, then going into April 16th with uh, Conor Ben, then going into April 30th with Taylor Serrano. Hopefully, May the 7th, Canelo Alvarez, 
as well, and then moving into AJ Usyk as well. Um, I'm assuming because of all the talk about Chris Van Heerden in our previous interviews that Chris Van Heerden is the front runner. He's, runner he's, he's the front runner for that fight. Okay. Who else could feature on that card? Um, it's a big card, actually. A couple of European title fights, perhaps a world title fight as well. We will announce probably four or five fights for that card this Sunday, live on air. I didn't say what was on it, I said who was on it. Ooh. And I said a couple of European title fights, maybe a world title fight as well, and a big card that will probably be announced on Sunday. You prick. Quite taken. Ooh, is it harsh? Um, okay, let's talk AJ Usyk. What is the latest regarding that now that the Fury White situation is kind of, kind of drawing to a conclusion? So, um, we've had a number of offers to stage that fight around the world. I was having meetings with them last week. Spoke to Daniel Levy today. They'd love to do it back at Spurs. We love that option as well. Um, obviously, we have to bring Team Usyk in, they're going to want to go wherever the most money is for that fight and that's, that's important as well. So we're looking at options, obviously there's nothing to sign, the contract's signed, everything's agreed and we'll be pushing forward for a fight date imminently, really. I mean, speaking to Alex Krasuk, Igis Klimas, looking to finalise the, the fight date by the end of the next week, perhaps. So, um, ready to make that fight, biggest fight in the heavyweight division. Um, Ready to go. What would you say the front runner for that is the UK currently or not necessarily? I mean, not financially. I, I think if you asked me and you asked AJ where we would like that fight to take place for a number of reasons, we'd say UK. But we can't, because of the agreement and the split, we can't ignore other offers that come in from around the world. So we'll discuss those with Team Usyk and we'll make a collective decision. What are the proposed dates you're looking for for that, Mike? Um, I would say mid-May at the earliest to early June. That's a gap of about a month. Mid-May to early three June. Three weeks. Yeah. Well, sorry. So, oh, sorry. I said it's so, not. I was about three weeks. Give us the range of dates. I mean, there's three Saturdays over that period. Okay. So, I mean... Yeah, I said that's... Oh, it's oh sorry. Okay, if you three Saturdays and it could be one. All right. I mean, I'll just... Give up with you. No, all I said was it was a Good. bit like you messed up. It's fine. Sometimes you just have to take responsibility. So actually thinking about what I just said. Well, actually, no. If you're going mid June, uh, mid May, you could have the 14th, the 21st, the 28th, or the first week. Actually, I'm making you right. Yeah, yes. I'm making you right. So I partially apologise, but you're still a prick. We are. Okay, so we right, take out us. take out the 14th. Because okay. I think that's unlikely. Okay. So, 21, Which 28. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you know what? After all these years, we do have a laugh, boy, don't we? Oh, a bit of old banter. Um, but Joshua, he's happy, he's comfortable. Happy, yeah. I mean, again, people keep saying, oh, it, when AJ starts his camp for, you know, full throttle, I'm sure he will make a decision, uh, sorry, announcement about any new members of the training team or whatever that are coming. Are you suggesting something's happened just not announced it? I think, yeah, I think he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't feel the need to make an announcement until camp starts and the fight is announced. If you had to lose one out of Canelo and Joshua, what one would you pick to go? Lose what? Like if you wanted to leave, yeah. 
Listen, AJ, again, going back to talk about fighters and work, we've been, from his professional debut, AJ has been with us. We've been through everything together, ups and downs. I would do anything for AJ. He's shown unbelievable loyalty to us. From the first fight of his career, to obviously sign a career deal with us to the last fight, we will be together. And just in case Canelo Alvarez is watching this video, I love him too. <laughs> I do, I do love Canelo Alvarez. I love, I love, I love winners. Are you looking at a picture? Yeah, I'm looking at it. No, I use AJ picture. Um, right, bringing me on to uh, this Canelo situation. Um, how confident are you that you can secure this two-fight deal with Canelo? I mean, look, Mike Coppinger was on the case last week. He was messaging me, any comment. I didn't even reply to him because there was nothing done. And there's, you know, we're Canelo came out, Eddie Renoso came out and said, we're still negotiating. There's nothing signed. And that was the case then. That's still the case now. Um, yes, we are in advanced talks with Canelo Alvarez. Yes, it would be huge for me personally, for Matrim, for DAZN, to work with, with Canelo Alvarez again. I'll do everything I can to try and secure that. But it's going to be a decision made by Sal and Eddie Reynoso. And I feel like we've presented him with, with a great opportunity. And hopefully we get the opportunity to work again because he's the pound for pound number one, the biggest star in the sport. And like I said, personally, it would be massive for, for me and, and the business. Uh, the two fights that have been reported, are they accurate? The ones that have been offered? Yeah. In Bivol and Golovkin? Mm. Okay. Um, Golovkin looks like he's on the verge of kind of, I'd say coming back, but he has been out for some time. Yeah, well, he was, he, well, he was supposed to fight Morata yeah. in December, but COVID restrictions prevented that. He's still planning to, to make that fight, I believe, in April. And look, you know, we talk about Bivol and Golovkin, Canelo has to beat Bivar and Golovkin has to beat Murata. And if that's the case, you've got a mega fight on your hands later in the year, but all the focus should be on the individual fights of those guys. If, if Canelo fights Bivar, that is a tough, tough fight. You know, and, and again, Canelo should be, a, like, this guy continues to push the boundaries, to fight the champions. He is a legend of the sport of boxing. He fights champion after champion after champion. And, you know, I saw his post the other day. So, so you know, if he fights Charlo, he's duck Bivol. If he fights Bivol, he's duck Betabiv. If he fights Betabiv, he's duck Bivol. If he fights this, he's duck Golovkin. He, he can't win. But Canelo, his resume speaks for itself. And it's difficult not to sound like a fanboy. And I know people take a mickey at me. But this guy is on another level. He is a bad motherfucker. Like his mindset is on another level. And sometimes being around people like that, it's like being around AJ, same thing. Unbelievable mindset. And it's so energizing to be around people like that. Like one of the reasons that I want to work with Canelo Alvarez is not just so I can promote a big fight, it's to be around greatness. And I know it's cheesy, and you you just went like that as if to say, oh, that was cheesy. No, no, no. No, but you understand. Listen, 
Choose your circle wisely, okay? The people that you are around reflect so much on the success of your life. Good energy is just absolutely imperative to being happy, to being motivated, to being passionate, and to achieving. And being around greatness, like AJ, like Canelo, it gives you unbelievable energy to go on and achieve yourself. So a lesson, I know you're not going to hang around with Canelo Alvarez, but choose the people that you are around because people will drag you down if the energy is bad, if people are moaning, if people aren't positive, if people don't have ambition. You can't expect that environment to lift you. You have to be around go-getters. There's nothing better than go-getters. And the, the mindset of Canelo Alvarez is that he is unbeatable. And that is the mindset that you should have, a mindset that you are unbeatable, that you are the greatest at what you do. Renner. I think it's funny. Canelo pretty much just has you around for banter. But do you understand what I mean about energy? And as you get older, you start to realise that it's everything. Like, you see your mood change around certain people, right? So... You're around people, good energy, fun. You're smiling, you're laughing. That makes you feel good. It's that moment where that energy is taken away and it's, it, it brings you down. You know, calm down, David Goggins. Oh, this calm down. <laughs> I know, it's good. It is good. That is relentless. Uh, how is your book, by the way? Really good, actually. I was just about to say, you, it's funny you should say that word, relentless, because I wrote a book. It's actually a Sunday Times bestseller. Yeah, relentless, still available. And I think it's been reduced now. But. It has been because it was in Tesco the other day. <laughs> For like one ninety nine. No, three ninety nine. Oh, that's all right. Not too bad. Yeah, great. Um, okay. Well, so we'll expect an announcement possibly next week. Well, I did this, didn't I, of AJ Furious? I don't know. Look, all I can tell you is Fury. Uh, sorry, AJ Usyk is happening. Contract sign. We've just got to agree where it takes place. We're reviewing all the offers, and we're. We're ready to get moving with that fight. I wasn't right. referring to that. Oh, sorry. I was referring to an announcement potentially about Canelo. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that fight, May the 7th, is 10 weeks on Saturday. So he's got to make his call and hopefully we, we can get the nod. Derek Chisora, have you uh, been in touch? Have you put anything Yeah, I... Talk to Dell. I think he's had an offer from Sky to fight Huey Fury. He's had an offer from us to fight Luis Ortiz. I don't really want to fight Southpaw. He had an offer for us to fight Zhang again at Southpaw. He wants to fight Ariola, which is a fight I love. Speaking to the PBC about that. Um, and we'll see. You know, Dell Boy's up for fighting anybody, as always. So I'm sure uh, 258 and him will be working on that. Um... What will be your strongest month in the first six? May, April. I mean, I love March with Wood Conlon. Um, sorry, March with Chocolatito against Martinez, Wood against Conlon, Ortiz against Mickinson, and Kiko Martinez against Josh Wrighton. That is a banging month. I also love... Conor Ben, April 16th. Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano at MSG. But 
I really love May with Canelo Alvarez against Bivol, Boaxi against Richards, AJ against Usyk potentially as well. That's a hell of a May. So Boaxi Richards is done? It's a fight that we're trying to finalise here, and I, I think it's going to get done. I think it's a brilliant fight, and I think it's the right fight for both. While everyone's just queuing up, looking to uh, fight for a world title that doesn't really exist right now. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Oh, thank time. you. It's been very insightful as always, well, it? and hopefully inspiring. Yeah. You know, I hope that the old the energy that I was talking about. Hope I want to be one of those people. You know when you die, right? Which God willing is not. Oh, me personally, don't. Yeah. What do What do you most want people to say about you? And don't tell me you've never thought about it. Think about it every day. I know. So, well, it's a bit self-obsessive. Um, what do I want? What would be the most important? But you know, like I think you've said this once before. You know, like oh yeah, that's that Cumin. Yeah, nice geezer. Yeah, we're not, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what you want, is it? Yeah. So your life goals are that at your funeral, you want people to go, oh, there's that Coogan in a box over there. Bit of a knob, but he was all right. Yeah? Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. No, but you want to say that, that, that he lived life. That's what you want to say, isn't it? And I think he had a great life and he got the most out of life. That, that's what's important. You know, because how easy is it to go through life? One of my greatest fears is sitting at that moment when the good Lord is about to take you and going, where'd that go? Or could have done more? Should have done more. Should have smiled. Should have been more positive. You know, how many people get to that stage and say all those things? 99% of the world. Remember that. So every day, do the most you can do. Every day, be as positive as you can. But these things change during your life. Don't you find? Yeah. Sometimes I speak to people in their 20s and they don't really get it because you don't think like that in your 20s, do you? You're 40 now. I'm two years younger than you. You're 40. Thanks for the invite, you're 40. Um, but if you're <laughs> now going to yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't get the invite for that because we were great mates. And, but you, you just start to realize. So again, along with my message about circles, do the most you can do every day. Be happy. Success is not materialistic. Success is the way you feel. The perception of what you may have does not determine how successful you have been. Successful can be determined by a feeling inside of the way you live your life. Do you understand? You could have everything but be miserable as fuck. And you may look at someone and think they actually don't have a lot, but they could be the most successful person you've ever met. Have I ever read The Man in the Glass Pane? No, Tommy No. <laughs> Let me just read this to you, right? And obviously, this is called the man in the glass, but this can be for women as well. It's just the, obviously the, the way it was written. Okay. 
this is an important thing, important message to end on. Okay. Not the man in the arena. It's another great. Okay. The man in the glass. When you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, then go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your father or mother or wife who judgment upon you must pass. The fella whose verdict counts most in your life is the man staring back in the glass. He's the fella to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear up to the end. And you've passed your most dangerous, difficult test if the man in the glass is your friend. You may like Jack Horner, you may be like Jack Horner, a chisel, a plum, and think you're a wonderful guy. But the guy in the glass says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. You can fall the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. Understand? So it's about yourself. Just like it's not about myself. No, not yourself. I'm it's, saying it, it, yeah, it's it's about it's about yourself, not you, as in Yeah, it's about all that matters is that you can look yourself in the eye and know that you've done the best you can ever do. And if you're comfortable in yourself, you're unbeatable. You can't be unhappy. And that's my inspiration for that. But what it comes down to, I just just keep smiling. Keep smiling. Keep trying to give that positive energy. Be nice to people. And try and live with passion. Do you know what? One thing I'll say on that. Go on. You said keep smiling and be nice to people. Mm. But there's no reason not to be nice to people. There's mm. no reason not to. But and sometimes there's not a reason to smile. No, that's true. But you have to stay positive and you have to try and... But there is a reason to smile if you can... Carry that mentality. You, no, you the where it cut out is when you said um, you don't expect or whoever to be walking around with something terrible. Oh, I said, look, your life, your life, life is full of ups and downs. If something terrible happens to you, I'm not saying you got to walk around and just smile up. But I'm saying if you live with positivity, if you live with passion, if you live with the comfort of being true to yourself, then you can, you know, you, you can walk with a smile on your face. Um, but you know, people people have ups and downs, and that's that's life. I don't want to call this to this, but thank you. I think it's nice. good. I think I think. Oh, you said just then. I don't know why people wouldn't want to be nice. No, so, I said you said keep smiling and be nice to people. When I said I, I you, know there's no reason not to be nice to them. You should be nice. Yeah, to but them. if you what I mean, but there's not always a reason. You know to what? Smile. I look at. I mean, look, forget what people say to me on social media. I worry about my kids and that general. Like, you go on Twitter, he's so toxic. And you just look at these people and think, what, what makes you say that? But 
you know, I don't know. But anyway, that's another conversation. But yeah, you should be nice. You should be nice. But being nice is important. But I think when we go back to the funeral question, something like when he walked into the room, you know, he, he filled up the room with, with energy and passion and, and a, a zest for life. I think that's the one. That's pretty much what I said. Nice geezer, bit of a nice Yeah, really similar. He walked into a room and lit up the room with a zest and a passion for life. Nice geezer, bit of a knob, but all right. Yeah, very similar. Have you heard of right, time to go to work. TV with Oh, run quickly. Do you want to give a couple of tickets away? Can we do a comp on IFL? Yeah. Um, for the O2? Um, <laughs> don't have to give anything with it. I was going to do a question. Oh, a question. Do you want to do that? Or could we actually just run an extra right, we'll do that. Is that all right? I'll do that. I sent off. I'll tell you what. Cool. The question is, the O2's roof was damaged recently in Storm Eugene. You could see the panels. How many panels are there on the O2 roof? No, don't worry. No, let me just run our own competition. Can you just let us have a couple of tickets? Yeah, two tickets, Sunday okay. night, live on the zone from the O2. Do they okay. get to come tell us to you? Yeah, just tell me where they are and I'll give them a... No, not really. Yeah, of course. Bring them in. Thank you very much, Edward. Thank you for listening to the IFL TV podcast, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.